Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 122 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. This is Chris. It's going to give uh, our listeners a good insight into what we're going to be talking about today. Also the episode title. That's true. They, they should know by that. Uh, I want to I start real quick, Chris, by uh, welcoming, I think we have a bunch of new listeners uh, this week because we are featured on Podbean's website. And I've noticed that our uh, downloads have gone up and uh, our subscribers have gone up. So if this is your first time joining us, welcome. If it's your uh, 10th time, 100th time, welcome back. Yeah, and thanks, Podbeans, for featuring us. Yeah, we really appreciate that. That's awesome uh, that you're able to do that for us. And uh, We picked a good week to be late on our episode. <laughs> That's because we've been, Chris, we have been so busy. Busting We're, our butts. Working, working on, your, on your patio, but it's officially done. Finally, listeners uh, would 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 know and remember that that's been a, a journey, and it's it was like a month long journey and a lot At of uh, a lot of sprinklers being broken and repaired. But we finally made it. I think I think it's beautiful. I think uh, it looks it really, looks really, really good. nice right now. Do you think it's not going to last? No, I do. I'm just being. I'm. I don't know. I have this real like feeling of foreboding that something's going to go wrong. Well, I think I think right now you got some nice uh, Edison lights hanging over the top of it. You got your grill there. You got your smoker there. You got some nice tables. I think, and and uh, you laid your own concrete for it. Yeah, it's the first time I ever poured some concrete. Yeah, I w- I was at school and I came over afterwards to help you out. And between that time, I saw you the day before, and when I came back, you learned how to lay concrete. Oh yeah, this was a fast moving project. It's actually really easy. You just like basically add water to it. To like a powder. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's like a rocky powder. There's like stones. In what it. did you put it in? Like, did you put in like a wheelbarrow? Oh, I or? built. Oh, okay. So I got this big tub to mix it in. Okay. And then I built, um, you know, like a, a mold, like not a mold, like a, just a, a barrier out mm-hmm. of two by fours. And what did you do with the tub? Did you throw it away? Or did you wash it out? No, I cleaned it out. It's a nice tub. Where'd you put the rest of it? Like, doesn't that harden? I used all the concrete I mixed. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, you really uh, measured out perfectly. Do you have any leftover? I had one bag, but it got rained on the other night, so it's probably uh, like rock hard in the, in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh no! It's all right. It was like my little littlest worry after all this project. Oh yeah, that's true. No, it really, it really looks nice. You did a really good job with it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Thank you, Steve. it's uh, nice and spacious and great for hosting parties. You, you had your first Halloween party outside Halloween party the other that day. Was a, that was a big, a big deal. I, I love Halloween, so it was and, nice to have a Halloween and, party. And, and that's kind of what you were you were going towards in order to accomplish that that mm-hmm. feat so that way you could host the halloween party so i think you guys did a great job it, it was awesome yeah and i really appreciate all your help you helped me way too much oh i mean i think i hey. told you during it that you're too nice of a person <laughs> well what can i do for you absolutely uh so chris so we have uh some uh poll results from our episode uh, about two weeks ago Sweet. we had jack skellington going up against edward scissorhands in a pumpkin carving contest and uh, as of right now, uh, Jack Skellington is leading the poll with 73.3% of the vote, with Edward Scissorhands 26.7% of the vote. The Pumpkin King, man. Pumpkin King. He's, he's, um, he's taken it. Now, I do want to add, we also had a, another poll that we asked people. Bonus question. Which was about their uh, care or dislike of coconut. And uh, I what, forgot about that. Why were we talking about coconut? Because you're talking about almond oh, joys. Almond joys. Okay. That's right. I thought it was going to be candy corn because that's like another controversial. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but uh, we did coconut. For some I like reason. candy corn if it's like three pieces, and then I'm done for I the season. I can't eat any. It tastes no. like sugary wax. Yeah, that is true. I don't know true. why you would like does, candy corn. It does. Uh, so uh, when it came to the question, do you like coconut? Sixty-six point seven percent of the vote said yes. Thirty-three point three percent said no. We also had a follow-up question. Would you care to explain why you like or dislike coconut? Someone said, I only like coconut on the Outback Sinful Sunday. 
I have been waiting my entire life to share how I feel about coconut. <laughs> I also do enjoy toasted coconut. I am. Wait, I'm, wait, were they three separate ones or was that, that was all, all one? Per, that was all one person. So, so they start with a very specific example of one item from Outback. The out. <laughs> The, the Sinful Sunday, which I don't think I've ever been to Outback Steakhouse. So uh, kudos uh, for you enjoying their, their dessert menu, because that's another thing. When people go out to dinner, don't think dessert is something that most people get. So they're really enjoying that. And you've been waiting their entire life to share. We are so glad that glad you were you able. found this poll question. Right, exactly. We were here for you uh, to, to let out your opinion. Uh, someone said, I don't like it, but my mom does. Awesome. <laughs> glad your mom likes it. Uh, someone else just responded no, so I don't know if that means if they don't want to explain why they like <laughs> coconut or why they don't want to explain. Because they could have just voted no, right. and then we would get it. Exactly. Uh, someone said, I don't love it, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. We didn't have a maybe option. We didn't. Uh, no, I should have. Like I should have. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I let them put it in themselves. Um and someone said, I love Almond Joys. So someone's right there with you. Someone's right there with you. So at least two people in the world love Almond Was that Joys. you? Was that you? No, it, was, it really no? wasn't me. Okay, it was not you. I think we should uh, dedicate that episode to the Outback Sinful Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Maybe we can have a partnership with with Outback Steakhouse. Uh, now, now, going back to the poll, we had some people uh, gave us uh, their opinions as to why they thought their choice would win. Someone said the size of a full-size Jack Skellington statue is just too magical to deny. The Food Network would definitely give Edward the win if he can pull that off. Oh, and the Food Network Halloween shows have been airing all of October. Enjoy. I think those have been airing since, like, August. They really try to I've been take watching, advantage of those. Nicole and I have been watching Halloween Wars this month. I think that's, like, the big, big, the big one. That's my right? favorite. Yeah. It's, it gets me most in the Halloween spirit. Yeah. In all honesty, I haven't really been watching any halloween themed uh competition shows i just really haven't had much time for we have it. some good thanksgiving ones too if, if do they really check it out i've actually never seen any yeah, so giada de Laurentiis hosts one about cooking thanksgiving food and it's pretty good like just like turkey stuffing I think it's called thanksgiving cook-off it's like that with like a twist though it's not it's never like just a simple like cook thanksgiving food it'll be gotcha. like make something out of thanksgiving leftovers Ooh. or make a thanksgiving meal in an hour or something like that. i feel like that's very applicable to challenges that people have to face every thanksgiving yeah where they sure. forget to to cook something properly and they have to rush to get it done or you know the people who have a ton of leftovers and they want to make something delicious but also different so that way they're just not eating the same exact meal two days in a row so i'm gonna have to check that out yeah thanksgiving you said thanksgiving wars uh, I think it's called thanksgiving cook-off but oh, i kind of also just it's like the guessed. same kind of it's something concept. like that it's on food network uh, someone also said, I think Edward would win because he has his scissor hands. His entire life is used uh, to carve with them. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he's been, you know, preparing for this moment his whole life. Someone said, Jack Skellington's pumpkin is just a boring pumpkin. The judge has seen a thousand of times. Edward <laughs> is special and different. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, but yours, yours was a huge undertaking. I mean, sure. It was just a boring. I don't want to. Re we don't need to rehash this. Yeah, that's true. If you haven't listened it's to that episode, that we feel got free to go back and listen Edward Scissorhand comments, but Jack Skellington was winning the vote. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we do have another one that, that kind of goes after me. Uh, next one says, the judge gets completely freaked out when he sees Edward, but the Ratatouille effect comes in and makes <laughs> him say that Jack wins. So that could be possible. I really right like there. that um, people listen to the episode when they voted. Like I felt like in our Twitter polls... We just, we just get randomly. random votes that exactly. didn't actually listen no, to our arguments. Yeah, I appreciate that people are listening and actually taking the time to, to think about what we said. We get much more meaningful polls. Yes, I agree. And we can actually engage uh, with the audience in a different way. And this one right here, this is the last one we got. This is a pumpkin carving, all caps, contest, not a gourd-based sculpture competition. <laughs> to make a legit jack-o'-lantern, there must be a space for a candle slash light to be placed in the pumpkin. So Ed just made a skeleton pumpkin on top of an over-elaborate pedestal. So the question really is, who would win in a jack skello lantern carving contest? Uh, I mean, hey... That's that's fair to say. Also, I think that's that true. was so well put that whoever that was should probably just take over our podcast. <laughs> way more, way more uh, particular to the details. I gave up. I gave up we gores to you so quickly because you were like, "Can I do gores?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> Here's why: because it's on like Halloween perfect. wars, when they carve pumpkins, they also let them use gourds. They let them use potatoes. Oh yeah. So I was like, "I'll be, you know, we'll be lenient." On right. That. I didn't ask for potatoes, but 
I know, I'm just I'll giving take. an yeah. example of what no, I hear they're allowed to do, what the pumpkin carver can carve on Halloween Wars. Right, I hear you. Uh, but hey, I mean, I, I see what they're saying. It, I mean, he's not wrong. I did so, make a pumpkin he, pedestal out of gourds in he, my, he, in my he argument. He makes an interesting claim that to be considered a jack-o'-lantern, you need to have space for a, for a light inside. True. I, is that true? I, I mean, I would think so. How, how else are you going to light it? Lantern, right? Does, it, does a jack-o'-lantern have to be lit? I mean, it's in the name, a lantern. Good call. Okay. Yeah, I would, I would, I would think so. So, what do you call just a carved pumpkin that can't be lit from the inside? Just a, just a carved pumpkin. Wait. So, what do you mean? Say someone just, say someone just carved it into like, you know, the ones we were talking about where you don't actually um, cut all the way through. You kind of just like shape it down into something. Oh, so I. Th- but the whole point of those is to still put a light in it, so that way it yeah. still sh- yeah, kind of, right. you know, shines uh, not through, but kind of. Uh, has that translucent uh yeah you know, i know what you're saying i know what you're saying but they don't always have a light in them that's true no you're right they don't always you're cor- you're correct especially you on halloween wars those guys carve pumpkins like yeah. that and don't put anything inside and do they count those as jack-o'-lanterns they never actually use the term jack-o'-lantern i guess maybe that'll be our, our bonus question this week what is the definition of a jack-o'-lantern does it have I, to have a light i think we got it figured it out i don't think yeah, we need to waste yeah. a poll question for that fair enough it needs to have a light fair enough i mean it's in the name it's in the name so thank you to everybody who took the time to let us know not only who you think would win but your opinions on coconut we appreciate that very very much um remember all of our polls are available at whowouldwincast.com slash vote where you can vote for not just this episode but all previous episodes also chris one last thing we have before we get started with today's episode is we have a review which means it's fictional background time we've been working Real hard on that, uh, on that, on that buzzer right there. Uh, do you want me to read the review? Do you want to read the review? Oh, can you read it? Sure. So this comes from fan titled "The Battle Midway," and the review is titled "Good Show, Five Stars." The review reads: "I love this podcast. Do Doctor Who versus Doc Brown. If you do the Doctor, do or excuse me, if you do Doctor Who, do the Tenth Doctor." Five stars. A lot of D's in that review. A lot, a lot of D's, a lot of docs. Docs and do's. Docs and do's in that review. But thanks for the review. Yes, thank you very much, The Battle Midway, for that review. Uh, Chris, what are, I think you, you kind of took the reins oh, on this one. No. Oh. I just threw some stuff at the wall and trying to see what sticks. We All right. Were, this was a tough one. This person is an enigma. Yes. So we, we don't want to just say, it's the 10th Doctor, or it's Doc Brown. No, that would be something. too simple. Too, too simple, too simple. So we were looking, and we f- were thinking that there. So we were looking at some Doctor Who episodes that involve World War Two because of the name, the Battle Midway. Exactly, which we also thought maybe it was just a battle that at one point was happening in the midway of something, or like the, halfway, halfway through, through the battle. Exactly. So we found an episode arc uh, for Doctor Who involving the eleventh doctor where he travels back to uh world war ii uh era england and he uh interacts with winston churchill and we were thinking all right so that's the 11th doctor coming right after the 10th doctor and we don't want we we're thinking the 10th doctor is not trying to be showy so we're thinking that this is the 11th doctor trying to give he, a little i think he said do the 10th doctor to throw us off his trail so okay. We wouldn't. We'd be focusing on the tenth Doctor, not realizing this could be the eleventh Doctor, who time traveled like Doc Brown, and Doctor Who mm-hmm. to World War Two, potentially Battle of Midway. Was there anything else in the? Oh, there's one other thing in the review. He the 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 title, good show, as in good show, old chap. English could there, be in English, right? The doc, Doctor who's always English. That's, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always as part of the part of the culture. So I think that's fair to say. I think this is fair to say that this is the eleventh so doctor, doctor trying to throw trying us to off the throw track. Us off the trail, yes. Which was Matt Smith. So thanks, Matt Smith. Thank you so review. much, Matt Smith. We yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review. If you want to have a review read live on our show, make sure you leave us a review uh, on iTunes. Uh, you can also leave it on Podbean as well. Uh, or you can send us an email also, and we would be glad to give you a fictional background. So thank you very much to Mr. Matt Smith for leaving us that review. And thanks for the suggestion. Yes, thank you for that suggestion. Quick we, comment. We we've have it always, on the list. We've thought about doing Doctor Who numerous times, but neither of us watch it. And I always felt like we couldn't do it justice because there's so much background material 
that we'd never be able to know everything. We'd miss things. Correct. I know it's a passionate fan base. I don't it's want to 50 plus everyone. years. Yeah. That's one of the reasons we stay away from like Stephen King characters. Cause I'm sure we did man in black, Walter O'Dim or whatever. I missed so many things. Right. It's just, it's a lot of backstory for none of us to know it, but we do the best it's on we the can. list and it, we, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully check it out in the future. Absolutely. All right, Chris, you ready to get started with today's episode? I'm ready. All right. Uh, so as always, please remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you'd just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us an email at whowouldwincast at gmail.com, and consider checking out our website, whowouldwincast.com. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and please leave us a rating on iTunes so it helps us spread the word about our show, and you'll get a shout-out read live on the show. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today we have uh, another cook-off food-themed episode but this one has a bit of a twist uh, and the twist is of the uh human variety <laughs> so this episode is a fan suggestion yes this comes from uh listener emily dewey yet again she suggested our previous episode she's really two big in a row. In, two in the row she's really big into the halloween themes so uh this is coming from her again we're doing a little little tweak on the episode, tweak it, though. though, to keep it a little more family-friendly. Yes. So her suggestion was Hannibal Lecter versus Sweeney Todd. Did she give us a third option, or was it just the two? Just the two of them. Uh, in, a, in cooking, basically, cooking humans. Yeah. And I just, we thought that had a lot of potential to get very dark, very, very grim. So we... I don't we, want to go down that rabbit hole. We, I don't want to think make the what slight we tweak that They will be making... They'll use actual food... But <laughs> also it will have a <laughs> it will have a human element or like a you know it'll look or be somehow themed to appear cannibalistic. Yeah, it'll 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 uh, draw on their talents of yes. incorporating humans into meals. However, it'll be not human flesh uh, yeah. meals that's going. We won't on have here. to talk about. I'm not even going to get exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much, Emily, for your suggestion. Uh, we hope you uh, don't mind us taking just a little family-friendly tweak uh, uh, with that idea. Uh, so like you said, we got Sweeney Todd going up against Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. Uh, and, and like you said, we're going to kind of do like a, one of our favorite ways we do some of our episodes is with uh, like a food contest where we have to pitch the food, secret ingredient, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so do you want to go first with who you're picking? I do. I, I have Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Uh, probably most famous from Anthony Hopkins Hannibal, but I'll give you I'll give you a little background uh, on him real quick. So he he's actually originally from um, some books by Thomas Harris. Okay. Uh, the first one he wrote was Red Dragon, which yes. might sound familiar if you're in the uh, cinematic universe. So uh, Hannibal Lecter wasn't the f- I'm sorry, uh, Anthony Hopkins wasn't the first actor to play him uh, on the big screen. The first uh, adapted novel was called Manhunter. Okay. In 1986, and that was based on Red Dragon. And in that movie, Brian Cox played Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Uh, oh, you knew that? I never even heard of that one. Oh, I know. I, I'm just agreeing with Brian Cox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, you, who is he? Do I know? He was in uh, X-Men 2. He played uh, William Stryker. Okay. He was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, he was in Troy. Rushmore. You ever seen Rushmore? Wow. You're you're good, Steve. couple of the Bourne movies. Okay. The Bourne movie poll was just off of Wikipedia. I forgot he was actually in the Bourne movies. Okay, but I do remember so him from the other ones. Pretty big actor. Yeah. Never heard of Manhunter. Uh, what I have heard of, and I think a lot of people have, is The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. That was Anthony Hopkins' first uh, appearance in 1991. And then he played him again in 2001 in the film called Hannibal. And then he played him again in 2002 in another adaptation of Red Dragon, which was called Red Dragon. Although more of a minor character, that mostly featured... Um, Oh, Fight Club guy. What's his name? Oh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah, well, he was the cop in that one. Just like uh, what was the what was the actress that played the uh, FBI agent Clarice Starling in uh, Sons of the Lambs and Hannibal? I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Um, oh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Yes, yeah. thank you. So anyway, Doctor Hannibal. Doctor Hannibal Lecter. Uh, he's a doctor. He was a he was a well respected uh, psychiatrist. Before uh, people found out he was murdering and eating people, then he <laughs> threw out the events of the novels and films. He was arrested, ended up helping police with profiling other serial killers, 
At one point he escaped and got up to some shenanigans and he really liked Clarice Starling. Uh, in the novels, I think they got married. Oh, that I would not. So under the Wikipedia section on significant other, it says Clarice Starling in the novels. Okay. So I didn't, I don't know the story with that, but that sounds very interesting. Do you know if these novels are kind of just continuing with other authors, not the original author who created the novels and it's just oh, foregoing his legacy? Good question. Maybe and that's how they're incorporating Clarice as his significant other, perhaps? I don't know. Okay. Do not know. So, um, let's see. He is a serial killer who eats parts of his victims. He's, uh, he's very, he's very classy. He's very <laughs> educated. I'm not, you're laughing, but I'm not joking. He like, it's just funny. Like he, someone who eats people is classy. He is you know? like, he appreciates like fine art and music and food. He, he is upset when people are rude and sometimes kills them for being rude. <laughs> uh, the, you know, like that kind of person right um and he some he says seems to have a soft spot for clarice starling um i mean can you not it's jody foster <laughs> gotta so that's that's pretty much his background and then uh i'll probably pepper in some more things when we talk about food cooking was that a was that a pun yeah on purpose? i like it's it good right so you're gonna just be focusing strictly on the Anthony Hopkins version. Pretty much, because that's okay. all I've seen. That's fine. I know that there was a show called Hannibal, and he was played by Mads Mikkelsen. Yes, which is supposedly real good. I, I heard it's very good. One of my good friends, Nick, he's like obsessed with so that Mads show. Mads Mikkelsen is supposedly amazing at, at Hannibal. Like, if you think only Anthony Hopkins could play him, you see that. And... Give yeah, give give Mads Mikkelsen a chance. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen is a fantastic actor. Not only just. In general, but especially yeah. with villains. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's really, really good. Remember when he made his eye bleed when he played that one villain in the James Bond movie? He really committed to that role. Yeah. They said to him, they said, they said, Mads, you don't have to, like, <laughs> stick that pen in your eye before each scene and make it bleed. And he was like, no. I think that's how he sounded. <laughs> that might be good impression. Thank you. Mads, if you're listening, I apologize. Uh, all right, great. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. And he is uh, from a lot of different things. Uh, he he originates from uh, a short story where he was a villain. And this short story actually came from the 1840s. 1846 to 1847, there was this short story uh, where Sweeney Todd was the character. And he pretty much did exactly what he's known for, which is being a barber, murdering his... Uh, customers and having them turned into meat pies uh, through his baker neighbor next door. And uh, this story has turned into a uh, Broadway show, which has been very successful. It won a bunch of Tony Awards. And later it was also uh, a feature film uh, starring Johnny Depp in the main role. And it seems like all the stories are pretty consistent. He's he's out for revenge uh, because uh, a local judge uh, raped and uh, like murdered his uh, wife, who he believes is dead, but she's really not. But he doesn't know that. And um, he's just he's just out for vengeance. Is so, that true in the movie too? Yeah, that's true in the movie too. He thinks his wife is dead, but he, she's not. So he thinks his wife is dead, but she's not. Is uh, she played she, by Helena Bonham Carter? No. So um, Helen Bonham Carter, she plays Mrs. Lovett, who's the the baker neighbor okay. who who makes the meat pies. Um, so I'll just say it outright: the movie's been out for thirteen years. If you haven't seen it, the play's been out even longer than that. A short story's been out, you know, one hundred and fifty years. Uh, so what happens towards the end of the, the 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 play movie, whatever you want to say, is that he ends up killing the street beggar who's always around the area and he ends up killing that person but it, that actually ends up being his wife and he did not know how do you find out uh I, I honestly i forget i think he like gets a closer look at her face or something um Ooh. and he finds out that that was actually his wife wow that's some that's some karma right there yeah exactly um so is he a bad guy i would i mean I would say so. I mean, he's out for revenge. I mean, uh, I mean, he's feeding people meat pies. Uh, I mean, he's not the one feeding them. He's just providing the meat to Mrs. Lovett. Mrs. Lovett seems pretty screwed up. Screwed up in the head kind of guy. Um, he seems kind of like a standard anti-hero, but if you call that a hero... 
you know, out for revenge. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's... So in one of the, uh, I think the fourth Hannibal novel, he is like kind of takes an anti-hero role. It's a prequel showing about like his, how he became a serial killer. Okay. And I mean, for what, for what you could say, I'm not like trying to like defend this in any way, but he does try to kill bad people. Uh, right. Okay. I mean, and, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the thing, like killing is a bad thing obviously yeah however war right i mean people do kill in the name of doing good so it's really up to the person who's doing the killing to argue whether or not what they're doing is right you know so i mean the fact that he's just a barber who just murders his customers seems pretty evil and demonic it also seems bad for business yeah, I don't understand why people keep going there because people are walking in and no one's get, no one yeah, says, I mean, "Hey, where did you get that haircut and that shave?" And oh, at you know Sweeney Todd because exactly. no one's he's, able to he's say not that. Getting word of mouth advertising, exactly. He's not getting repeat customers. Yeah, I don't know. He he just might have people going to get a you know a pie at the bakery, and then Mrs. Lovett says, "Oh, you need a shave. Why don't you go upstairs and tell them that I sent you, and you'll get you know the fa- friends that and family makes discount." Sense. So does he kill a hundred percent of his patrons? I, no, he does not kill 100% of the patrons. How does he decide who he's going to kill? Is there I think it method? might be situational. Okay. Kind of how it works like out. Like low on pies and he just... If they're low on pie, If it's someone he like... Because I, I know... I remember from the movie that at one point he tries killing the judge who is played by Alan Rickman, who's the guy who presumably murdered his wife. I mean, he was about to kill him. And then I, I forget off the top of my head, but something happened in which he wasn't able to go through with it. Um, and he does do, end up doing it later. Uh, so in that instance, he wasn't able to go through with it. So, hey, he got some word of mouth from that guy, the judge right there. He's <laughs> so able to he give him some give good him press. So he did give him a good haircut? Apparently. Because, I mean, he stayed in business long enough for him to come back later on. So, <laughs> oh, he came back for another he haircut? Did, and that's when he got killed. He, he did get Man, killed that I'm way. lucky. So the way in which he gets rid of his victims varies. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's consistent in the way it happens. However, it varies in the order that it happens. So in some stories, he has them like go down a trap door where they kind of get like knocked out or or, kind of knocked unconscious. And then he like runs downstairs and then slits their throat with his uh, razor blade. Uh, But in the movie, I remember him slicing their throat first when he's giving them the shave and then having them go down a trap door in which they go into a meat grinder, and then that's when they're turned into the mm. meat uh, pies, which seems I think like, makes more seems sense. Seems really messy. Yeah, I mean, hey, their business is doing well, though. Mrs. Lovett, when he when once Sweeney Todd comes upstairs, Mrs. Lovett's business starts booming. So people so, are, like, eating these pies, too. People, yeah, people purchased and ate, ate these pies not knowing what it actually was. What do they market them as? So I think, meat meat, I think just meat pies. They don't mm. tell them what kind of meat it is. Mm. Yeah. So, um, does this town have like the worst police ever? Um, I mean, so we're talking Victorian London, which is like Sherlock Holmes era. So you would think that he would be on top of the case. You think he'd look at 10 missing victims and be like, Hey, the last thing every single victim did was get a haircut at this place. And then you'd you'd check it out and find the the trapdoor meat grinder. Right. And you got your guy. Chris, you would think that, but unfortunately it's like, um, Oh man, which comedian has that joke? John Mulaney has that joke about how like it was so easy to get away with crimes in the olden days. Like <laughs> all you had to do was not be there when the cops came. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing. They get there. There's not really uh, photo evidence. There's not photo evidence really at that time. Uh, fingerprints probably is just maybe starting to get going in some sort of sense. Uh, and then. Uh, eyewitness i mean is very shoddy at that point i don't know they looked like that i don't they had a beard he's white that's everybody in england at that time so <laughs> yeah I, it, you're absolutely right the scotland yard was not doing their best work during this time um now i have a fun fact that i'll save uh towards the end though about the historical accuracy of Oh, uh, Sweeney Todd, but I'll I'll just drop that nugget right there. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, I'll pepper, I'll I'll salt that in later on when we when we get into it. Good one. So, uh, all right, Chris. So, uh, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna imagine that we were on some kind of a Halloween baking competition or just food competition. Oh, let's say food. Uh, that, that's that's yeah. fair. I, I'm totally fine with that. So, Halloween food competition, 
And uh, we are going to be given one secret ingredient in which we will have to make an item or... Let's see how it goes. Okay. We'll go. We'll, we'll go. Well, that's how we do things here. We just kind of, we kind of improvise and go along as we, as we do it. All right. So I found this great website <laughs> called randomlist.com and it is going to give us, before. we have used this before. We always use this when we do our food episodes and we are going to come up with our secret ingredient randomly on the spot right here. No idea what we're going to do. And come we're going to, fava beans. we're going to go with it and see what we can come up with. So here we go. All right. What do you think? Uh, we could. What, I can't read it from here. We got blackberries. Okay. Uh, we also we could also do cream cheese. <laughs> oh man! I, I or tomato puree. <laughs> or oh, or water. That's a bad one. Yeah, that one's pretty let's, bad. Let's do. Wait, did we do tomato on a previous food now, we, food uh, episode? Uh, we we we. It, I don't think it was the secret ingredient. I think t- let's do tomato then. I think that'd be a good one. You like tomato? Yeah. I think we had strawberry on the previous one. Oh, we, we, we had we potato chips one time. Now I'm curious if we had tomato. I think not. we might have had tomato. I don't want to repeat. Yeah, me neither. I agree. All right, spin it again. Yeah. Spin it again. Spin it again. Spin it again. We got beef, mint, ice cream, spearmint, and ginger. Okay. <laughs> I'll do what you want to. I don't care. Beef? I think beef kind of works. Beef works. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in, we're basically doing the same episode that was suggested. We're just changing out human meat with beef. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what we're doing. All right. So the secret ingredient we are dealing with is beef. All right. From so a cow. Beef from a cow. Some good old cattle meat right there. Uh, so are we, are we just going to make a dish? Not like three courses? Yeah, we can make a dish. Okay. So, so a Halloween themed dish. Okay, so I, I'll give you my initial thoughts. Okay. And then I might have to change it because I'll tell you. I'll just explain. Okay. So um, there's a pretty famous scene in uh, Hannibal. Okay. Where um, Hannibal ha- has – he's already he- – he's escaped from police custody, but he's being pursued by the FBI. Uh, he has captured Clarice Starling, played by Jodie Foster, and a like another FBI guy – played by uh oh my gosh what is his name steve um he <laughs> he was in hubie halloween but you didn't see that right adam sandler no he he was a he was a mean guy in hubie halloween all right we're gonna get there we're gonna get to this uh he is he does like italian characters steve buscemi no he like gangster type like mob type uh what else is he in well, I'm gonna to have to look up Hubie Halloween yeah. now. Okay, get Hubie Halloween cast. That'll that'll get us there. Uh, all right. Uh, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. <laughs> nice. Ray Liotta. Okay. I just wanted to plug Hubie Halloween. I always think of him from those commercials uh, in which I think he either had a heart attack or he quit smoking. I can't remember what? which is which. For the commercial? Yeah. Was that what the commercial was for? Just I'm Ray Liotta. I paid for this commercial to tell you guys uh, I quit smoking and I had a heart attack. Something so. like I, I I completely so don't quit smoking. Yeah, I have I a heart attack. Okay, so so the so you see this room. Ray Liotta is like a like a crooked FBI agent, and he like is mean to he's like trying to hurt Agent Starling's career, and Hannibal likes Agent Starling, helping her out. He's gonna kill this guy, but they show the room, and his head the top of his head has been surgically removed he cuts off a small piece of his brain he cooks it blah 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 they eat it anyway he eats it uh and then he packs some later for a, for his lunch on the airplane which is just just so weird just so weird okay so here's what i was thinking well if i wanted to combine halloween food and that's and like something hannibal would be good at cooking do you remember that scene in in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom mm-hmm. where they're they are in the fancy palace and they're going to eat and they serve them like the the monkey oh, brains? Yeah, and the, and the snake, the so, snake surprise. Yeah, so like that would be a cool like Halloween themed dish related to Hannibal Lecter. But here's the thing about Hannibal Lecter that he would never serve it like that. That's like that's like so like crass and like tacky. Okay, like, he would he he's more about like fancy like like silver silver spoon and fork like you wouldn't he wouldn't just put a monkey head in front of you i don't think right does that seem to fit his character that he wouldn't just put a monkey head right in front of you yeah that he would not would not yes i agree yeah so so how do you how do you kind of fancy up 
that scene. What's what's a fancier animal to serve your guests? Okay, maybe something, maybe something more rare. Okay, um, <laughs> like a like a Bengal tiger. Okay, like um, something that rhymes with booming. No. Okay, I didn't know if that's what you were trying to get at. No, 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 no. Okay. No, that's, okay. no we're not gonna. I, I just didn't know if you were gonna get to that point without actually getting to that point. Uh, no, and and I'm not talking a real skull. I'm talking a like party replica skull okay of the animal okay maybe uh a silverback gorilla maybe <laughs> um what's another rare why can't i think like of elephant? like a cool an, animal an elephant what's the um, what's like the fanciest animal well like uh like a like a komodo dragon uh, that'd too, be pretty cool too small though. too small like <laughs> why why is this hard the white rhino oh uh, that's pretty good but you wouldn't know it's a white rhino from the skull it'd just be a rhino skull that's, that's pretty cool yeah i mean i mean and it's going extinct and what I feel animal like... is just associated maybe like a chihuahua <laughs> <laughs> i i feel like i am crazy that i cannot think of a fancy animal i must be sleep deprived all right i gotta just pick something uh, I would say I would say a Bengal tiger. Okay, like, my first, like Aladdin. My you first know? gut instinct was Bengal tiger. Okay, I would take that. Okay, then. it's a it's a replica Bengal tiger skull, and in it is he's he's cooked up ground beef. Okay, and he's mixed in. <laughs> now we're bringing it back to the ground. Beef. Yeah, and and he probably has used. So he's he's well traveled. He's a worldly man. He's probably used some probably I'm going to say just Middle Eastern spices since it's a Bengal tiger. Like maybe there's maybe it's like some some like curry flavors in there or whatever. And he's cooked that with the ground beef, and that is what he's served in the replica Bengal tiger skull with his uh, with fancy silverware. So it's just um, it's just the beef. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, a lot of ground wrong. beef recipes off the top of my head. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the show we're doing. But <laughs> I mean, I, you make tacos with ground beef. He didn't make Bengal tiger tacos. It kind of rolls made, off the tongue, though. Bengal made, tiger tacos. Uh, what else? He made hamburger helper and put it in a Bengal tiger skull. Okay. Oh wow. He's really going. He like it's no, so. <laughs> he would never make that. That's the problem. I need to know a fancy ground beef dish. He would probably like use like a like a red wine reduction. Uh, it probably wouldn't be ground beef. It'd probably be like a steak. Oh yeah, there you go. But then, but then it doesn't look like a brain. That's the problem. I need to also get the theme in. Well, he could have taken the steak and grounded it up himself. That's just ground beef now, right? But like it's, but it's starting from like a like, like a grade A fancy ground corn beef. fed. You know, yeah. Exactly. Okay, that actually that actually does make it fancier. So that go. would be good for him. Yeah. Okay, so he got some expensive steak and ground it up to look like a brain. He served it with like some type of like red wine like reduction sauce fava beans on the side nice glass of chianti oh all right that's and insane. that's his dish that's a, it's so this is going so it wouldn't I, I don't think he would do hamburger helper i completely <laughs> agree with you no i know that but what i what i could see hannibal like doing is he would take so much time like getting the tiger oh he's and, meticulous all and, like everything is fully planned. and he would waste you know they probably have like an hour he would waste so much time getting this tiger set up and ready to go that he only has like five minutes left and that's where he like throws in the hamburger helper as a joke i know he wouldn't do that but i could see could see excuse me i could see him be like oh crap i ran out of time i have to throw something together real quick and put it inside this bengal tiger skull so that way i can have something to present to the judges but no i think you're right he would work diligently to cook something but I think he would waste more time on the on the uh, presentation, which hey, that's half the battle when it comes to some of these shows. I don't. You he know? is such like a meticulous planner, though. He probably wouldn't make a mistake like that. True. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, he would have his time already mapped out, ready to go. There would be no uh, mistakes or humps in there whatsoever. So you, you've never seen Silence of the Lambs or or Hannibal. I, have honestly, you? people are probably gonna yell at me. I probably honestly have not. That's okay. Yeah. There's. I mean, I think there's just like. Every scene just shows like his how his attention to detail. I I like, know about the character, but I could. He has he has an eidetic memory, so he's basically a photographic memory. Okay, that's perfect. He, I mean, you could have an you could argue you could have an entire cookbook memorized in your head. Yeah, that'd be good for him, but not for me. 
You know how like when uh, <laughs> when like a dumb writer tries to write like really smart characters, yeah, and you're like, well, this character doesn't seem that smart. Yes, that's what that this is me. Like he'd be way better at this than actually me. I should we should have just brought our own characters on here. Had Don, Johnny Depp come on, and you could have brought on Anthony Hopkins. They would have they could have helped us out with our. With he our also characters. has a, a really good sense of smell, uh, Hannibal. So that would help him too. That co- yeah, that comes well to cooking. There's like Absolutely. a scene where he just knows a guy's cologne. Or aftershave or something like that. He might be able to incorporate that with the judges. If he's able to sense a smell on the judges, maybe incorporate that into the meal even, as well. Even without that, it's just going to help with his cooking, like knowing what smells good. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. All right. Um, so Bengal Tiger, beef brains, served served well. Fava beans and Chianti. Fava beans and Chianti. Do you, do you know that's from a scene? You haven't seen it. That's, that's what he... So in the Silence so you, of the Lambs... You, okay, go ahead. So this is some background on Silence of the Lambs. Uh, he's in police custody at this point, but he's he's just starting to help them with the profiling. And they send Clarice Starling, junior FBI agent, to talk to him. Try to get his help. Right. They have some back and forth. They're not friends yet. Uh, she does a little bit of like armchair psychology, psychoanalysis on him. He's not having it. So he's like, he's a little offended and he says... A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and Chianti. Oh. So that's a pretty famous line. And then he goes, and it's pretty gross. That's where you got your, yeah. uh, there you go. And it creeps uh, Clarice out. And she's like, oh, yeah, this guy's, this guy's, this guy's weird. kind of screwed up. That's what he's mm-hmm. enjoying doing. So that's why I picked those as the side. Well, it goes so. perfectly with his character. I right. Think, I think, yeah. I wanted to fit the character yeah. and the theme. I think, I think that, I think the judges are going to appreciate that. I, I hope think so. so. So with, my character uh i'm what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go a little south of the border for someone who is from across the atlantic ocean so i think it's fair to assume that this show is being taped in los angeles why do we say that i feel like basically every television show i think um, is filmed in los angeles i think like canada is getting more popular for like some of their uh like cheaper uh tax stuff also georgia Georgia, sure. Georgia's big too. But do you, is it important that it's filmed in LA for your uh, what you're about to say? It's important that it's not filmed in England. I would say, <laughs> sure. I mean, I've never been to England, so if anyone who is either from England or uh, has has traveled there, I, I don't know how popular the uh, Hispanic cuisine is over there, like it is in the United States. The reason I'm saying that is because I'm going to take that ground beef and I'm going to make it into taquitos. Uh, which are basically like really tightly rolled up, uh, uh, not, re- not really burritos, but I mean they're kind of kind of like look like you rolled a burrito up super super small. tight, super small. Um, so what I, they're kind of look like like meat cigars, kind of like in yep, a way if you think of it like that. That's a great description, a meat cigar. So <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious or something. No, I am being serious. Oh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so what I would argue is that uh, as a Barber living in London, he probably doesn't have a ton of experience with taquitos being in that area. So that's why I'm you saying... You don't think they have uh, Hispanic or Mexican people in that area? No, I'm sure that they do. I just don't know how popular it is, especially if I'm yanking him from 1840s London oh, yeah, and bringing him to present day you know, times. So I would say, all right, if he's over here, let's say it's not COVID time. He's been around for a little bit in the area and he's experiencing the cuisine, whatever. He comes across this... Hispanic, uh, you know, dish area, and he, he learns about taquitos. Uh, so, so what I'm saying here is, is that what he's going to do is he's going to take these taquitos and he's going to design them in a way where they look like hands and fingers, like scissor hands. Uh, it could have a little crossover there. Another Johnny Depp character <laughs> from last week. Listen, if you haven't checked it out yet. So, I'm going to say he's going to create uh, two hands with. Uh, five taquito fingers on one hand, five taquito fingers on another hand, and then he's going to make basically like some kind of like a crunch wrap supreme <laughs> as like the <laughs> as like the the wrist itself uh, or like in the palm, so that way the taquitos have something to go into. Because uh, I'm sure you know he's probably gonna, uh, there's definitely a Taco Bell in London. Wow, so I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised made, if there wasn't like, the weirdest looking human hand. 
So like a hexagon hand with like long <laughs> skinny stick fingers. So so yeah. So all of them are the exact same size. <laughs> well, he's gonna cut them to different sizes. Make the thumb. He, <laughs> a taquito smaller. Yeah, yeah. The, the taquito one is a little smaller. Uh, he would put uh, some uh, like a wedding ring on one of them to make it look a little realistic. He would also undercook the meat a little bit too, so that way when it's cut, it's a little red, a little juicy uh, so on the inside. Give the judges food poisoning? No, 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 no food poisoning. You got to fully cook ground beef. That's a that's a just a, just a like risk. just whatever the the degree is on ground beef. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I would do like three below that. <laughs> that's that's what I would argue he would do. Me personally. I would not do that. I'm saying what he would do it. He's a screwed up guy. And he doesn't care if they die anyway because, I mean, he's Sweeney Todd. Not like he's tra- we are trying to win the cooking show. That is, that is true. I mean, but how how long afterwards right. does the they, food... How, when does the food poisoning kick in? You're, you're right. They'll live long enough to, to judge. Right, exactly. So, now he's not putting anything else... Uh, he might... I, actually, I shouldn't say that. He, he'll put a little bit of cheese in it, but he's not doing, like, like lettuce or, or any of that stuff. He's just completely letting that go on the and side. And he's sauce on there? Uh, he'll have some... So, in the... Uh, <laughs> In, in the, uh, the, the, the Crunchwrap Supreme Palm area, that's where he's going to put uh, a lot of uh, dark red hot sauce. So that way when that cuts open, it kind of gushes out a little bit there uh, and really uh, it embraces. Looks like blood. It looks like blood. You picked it up perfectly. And that really uh, just uh, brings the, the whole meal home together. And he would, and like I said, he would, he would cut the fingers to different sizes, the taquitos to different sizes to really make them look like hands. Uh, I mean, if he really wanted to, he could uh, have, like, some clothing coming off of it, too, to make it look like someone's, like, sitting there with their hands on the table. Um, when it comes to the fingernails, that's what I was thinking. How would you do the fingernails? Uh, I would say he would just use uh, tortilla chips, uh, spray paint them like a white color or food food spray. Like a, like, I shouldn't say a white color, but like a translucent type color uh, and put them on there also. And... Uh, that's that's what I would uh, say he would he would do with that ground beef. Do you think there's any special things about his background that would make him be good at cooking this? Like, does he ever do any of the pie preparation? So he, he does not. He's purely the... He's purely the executioner. Yeah. Yeah, he's not preparing uh, the pies from my recollection. So I would assume he's he's good with a knife. Is that fair to oh, say? Oh, he's fantastic with a knife. So would that help yeah. him making uh, taquitos So uh, Crunchwrap Supremes? So it would help him... <laughs> It would help him when it comes to cutting the taquito short, shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, with the crunch, I've never made a crunch wrap supreme. However, I have seen videos of knockoffs and stuff like that. And you have to have uh, the the tortillas cut in certain shapes so that way it folds properly, uh, nice and tight as well. Um, that's pretty much the extent of his knife uh, activities <laughs> as, as they go. I mean, what he could do too is, you know, when it comes to the the presentation to show the judges because you know they all want a piece they never take like a whole thing they just want a little yeah you know sample size yeah. so what he could do is when he presents it to them he takes his his blade and he really cuts through it and he pulls it apart and you see the the slightly undercooked meat start to come out of the the fingertip and you have the red sauce coming out of the palm area that hot sauce and um he can just show his uh, delicate yet intricate ability to cut through something with such a simple object. And then he takes it to them and he presents it to them. And on their plate, they just see a finger taquito on the plate, just right there in front of them. And that he's really like, passionate. And you he really sold me. I, like, I felt like I was there. And he's like, here you go. This is, this is my meal. Wow. So that's, got, that's what I would say. He, chills he would bring up. That. I hope so. I hope so. so. Um, also, what about, is there anything in his character that would show like he has that kind of eye for presentation? Ooh. Or that attention to detail? I would say so. When it comes to, uh, when he's not aiming to murder somebody, mm-hmm. he does do good work with his shapes. <laughs> he does do good work. And I would, I would argue that when it comes to him taking care of his customers, when he wants to take care of them, he is meticulous with the the cutting and the shaving, he's able to get nice and close without cutting them on purpose um, when he needs to. And I think that care, because like you've seen, uh, Tweety Todd aside, you see videos of people getting the shave. Have you ever had a close shave like that before? Not, not with a straight razor like he used. Right. Neither, neither have I. But you see how delicate they are and they're so careful and so close. And it really is an art form. And I would say that he would take, he has those same exact skills. 
uh, or else he wouldn't be in business, which we still haven't figured out how he is. I have a theory actually that I thought of while you were talking. What's that? Maybe he has some customers that he charges like a crazy high amount for a shave. Like they come in and he's like, oh, you, they're like, oh, can I get a shave? And he'll be like, yeah, it's a hundred bucks. And uh, if they don't do anything, if they don't, if they don't react strangely, he shaves them and gets a hundred bucks. And if like, if they're like, uh, what, that's crazy. He's like, oh, I'm just kidding. It's 10 bucks or whatever. And then he kills, and then them? He kills them. Ooh. So he only gets, he only, he only keeps alive his like rich, his rich, rich folks that come back and yeah. will definitely pay out for it. I, I see what you're saying. Just, just yeah. throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like I said, meticulous with the blade. Uh, definitely does good work when he wants to do good work, but could also cause a lot of damage when he also wants to. So, cause a lot of damage is a, is a very nice pretty, way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's what I would say. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the finger taquitos with the ground beef recipe. I think that would work well for him. That's up against my uh, ground beef uh, Bengal tiger brains. Yes, exactly. Do you want to do one more food or? Uh, yeah, do we have time? Uh, I mean, it's up to you. Let's try it. I used all my Hannibal references already. Okay. That's the only reference I know to him eating people. All right, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's let's do a refresh here. We'll try to get one more secret ingredient. And let's see. We have chocolate. Oh, chocolate's good. Chocolate? All right. Yeah, I have no ideas at all. That's fine. We could, we'll, we'll do chocolate. There's another thing I was thinking of bringing up with you. Okay. So, like, to be considered a cannibal, mm-hmm. you just... <laughs> Well, should I be scared? No. Well, you're, th- you're maybe. thinking that one. <laughs> so you just have to eat like so. You have like this one vision of a cannibal where it's like a tribe of like you know like jungle people who like put people in a stew and eat them, right? Mm-hmm. But Hannibal, like he's more like it seems to me. I don't know every example from all the novels. Like he'll eat specific body parts, like a liver or a brain that like are actually eaten from. Like that's like. Not really in America, but like those are oliveras. But like those are like common; those are like actual food items that other people eat. Like for certain animal brains is like a delicacy in certain. Okay, countries. I see what you're saying. And like right. liver, you cook liver. Like liver is a liver. Yep. So, so like, I don't think Hannibal just like bites into your like leg and just eat your leg like he's just eating your liver and your brain so like but it's still a cannibal right you'd agree would you consider him a cannibal well isn't the definition of cannibal when you eat your own species yes so if he's eating any part of but then i'm human, saying what if you have a really really low bar for cannibalism and it's like you eat your own boogers or you like eat like toenails your fingernails. oh yeah that's true what if you accidentally just swallow some of your own hair? Should that be the bonus question this week? What is your definition of cannibalism? <laughs> well, I guess the big difference is like you didn't have to kill a person to eat those things. That's true too. So maybe it's if you kill them so and if, then eat them. So so if you so it, maybe it doesn't have to be that you have to kill them. It's just that they're not alive. Yeah, yeah. So fair, if fair, if fair. you are eating your own species and that and they are not alive, but all right, this is gonna, uh, I don't know if I want to tread this territory. Like so, what if you eat the like the fingernails off of somebody else? Who's... Wait, are they dead? Yes. <laughs> that... No, that's disgusting. I, I, but so is eating like their brains. <laughs> you know, like is that? Right. Well, that's obvious. That's I'm saying that's, that's like that's that's textbook. clearly that's... cannibalism. Right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Would would eating the fingernails off of a deceased person constitute cannibalism? Yeah. That that's whatever it is. That should you should be in jail. <laughs> This episode went real, real far uh, one direction. Did not see that coming. Oh, boy. All right. So that so that's what you were thinking of while you were sitting here. Yeah. Okay. Is yeah, there something like, you want to tell me? Hannibal is the... He's the <laughs> fanciest cannibal you can be. He, right. Like, he yeah. Eats a hu- he eats other humans, but only the parts of them that would kind of be considered edible. Right. Yeah. Like you said, he's not bi- just biting into their leg. Right. Is it well? Is, so. it, is it well cooked? Yeah. Well, so I only know the the scene where he eats that guy's brain. He cooks it. He puts it on a frying pan, like sears it. All right. <laughs> and then he. This is so funny. I, I was telling you. Uh, he packs the extra in like a like a lunch that he brings on an airplane. Okay. So he's eating like he has like fancy cheeses and like a little little Tupperware of a brain in it. And another kid on the flight sees it and like asks him what he's eating, and he's like saying, "Oh, this is uh some type of cheese, and this is like." grapes or whatever and he's like and this i don't know if i should tell you about this or something like that 
And then the, the kid says he wants to try some, and he lets him try some. Oh. And what does the kid do? He tries it. And he likes it? I think so. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's, uh, ugh. Um, so that actually will probably be the inspiration for my chocolate dish. Okay. So in that little, like, airplane to-go box, because he, he mentions he doesn't like the airplane food, which is kind of funny, like... Someone who eats people is complaining about airline food. <laughs> that just shows how bad airline food is. <laughs> it sounds like a good stand-up bit. Um, so he he has like some pretty fancy uh, cheeses and fruits in there, and I think that's probably what he goes for because I'm gonna try to get his like elegant sensibilities into his into his dish. He probably is serving like a maybe like a um, a wine, cheese, fruit, and chocolate platter. Okay. So again, I. I th- I wanted to say chocolate fountain, but I also think that's too tacky for him. I think he's probably just dipping fruits. Like it's like a, it's fruit and cheese dipped in chocolate, displayed artistically, kind of like a. I'm picturing like a um, what's that? What's that service that like makes the fruit baskets? Oh, edible arrangements. Edible, like an edible arrangement type deal. Like he has them on like a skewer. He has some some grapes and some. I don't know, melons and some different cheeses that he pairs with different types of chocolates that he knows will go well together. And he serves that with some wine. Okay. And that's, that's, that would probably be his chocolate dish. That's very classy. You know, like you said, that's his MO, right? Exactly. I think that would be delicious. And I think the judges would appreciate that. Uh, Would the edible arrangement. Oh, I realized I didn't make it human at all. As I was going to say, would it be arranged (laughs) in some kind of form or. Oh, Oh yeah, I guess it has to be. So what would that work? Like a giant edible arrangement displayed as a human. I mean, <laughs> maybe he makes them look like um, like little fingers and toes. What part? No, so I believe before he was a psychiatrist, he was also a surgeon. Okay, so he has like a like a like a full medical background. He he understands the human anatomy. Yes, muscles and and everything. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. So he has to make chocolate covered fruit and cheeses look like a human body part. I got it. Oh, he just makes them look like a face. He uses like a like a triangle of cheese as a nose, like two grape eyes. Sure, it, it's going to lower my classiness score, but it's Halloween. He he wants to decorate. He wants to make, you know, fit a Halloween thing. He really wants. Yeah, he's got to incorporate it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it. I uh I'm I'm actually starting to get kind of get hungry. I feel like this is kind of a weird thing to say. <laughs> I could really go for some taquitos right now. Um, all right. So I'm going to say that for dessert, he's going to draw on some of his knowledge from living on top of Mrs. Lovett's Bakery. Now, Mrs. Lovett's Bakery does not do the crazy, intricate designs and creations that we see in a lot of bakeries today and on these types of bake-off shows do they make more than meat pies though or do they only make meat pies so i i know that they do uh, that's like their their staple is Mm -hmm. the meat pies but if i remember they they i'm looking online and i'm seeing some pictures i'm seeing like like muffin looking things too uh so so what i'm thinking is he's going to make a classic just kind of cupcake and what he's gonna do is can so chocolate is white chocolate count as chocolate i'll allow it thanks i'm sure someone will say it doesn't count as chocolate it has no cocoa in it right so it's It's like the byproduct of the cocoa something like that right? right so what i would say is he's going to uh just make cupcakes and he is going to infuse them with white chocolate that he has dyed blood red. And he is going to, to the best of his knowledge uh, and to the best of his abilities, use icing, fondant, and anything else he can find in this kitchen to make these cupcakes look like miniature heads, essentially. And... What he would do, this all comes back down to his presentation and delivery of his cupcakes. And since this is what he's known for, you know, he, uh, the, the, the person who slits people's throat and then they get turned into whatever, um, when he presents it to the judges, 
he would take out his razor and he would cut the muffin open for them. And while he cuts it uh, open, the chocolate that he infused in it is kind of was like a heated up, melted down chocolate and it pours right out of it. And then they can use that to dip their cupcake into and then enjoy it. So it's not like a typical uh, way to eat a cupcake where, you know, you're just regularly just biting into it. It's kind of something you're going to use a fork and knife for. Sure. Sometimes you got to do that for the fancy cupcakes. Exactly. And it kind of get and it also gets the judges involved in it too, because then they are also their own Sweeney Todd, where they have their own knife and their own fork that they can use to cut apart yeah, that, I feel like I got to point out you did the same thing with your Crunchwrap hand. So I'm doing. So yeah, I, I will admit I'm doing the same presentation. You should let the you should let the judges. I go with let the judges cut it open because I feel like that. Oh, that's, that's like a, a cool idea. interactive thing. He serves it with a tiny knife. I like that. And the instructions are just you know cut, right, just, cut here, just cut here. Then they get that feeling. I like, like that that feeling of. I appreciate you. Uh, you help me out with that idea. You're welcome. Yeah, I like that too. I think that'd be much better. <laughs> yeah, he serves it with just a small little knife, and then they get that they get that experience, and then he he's getting that joy. Like, oh, they know they they know what I go through. They they can see. Oh, they're appreciating it. They they like they like it. They're you know, so that's that's what I would say. But uh, still pretty screwed up. I mean, there's, oh, nothing, sure. there's nothing behind it. Yeah. I mean, bo- both of them are pretty pretty screwed up. But yeah, so I think that's how he would incorporate the chocolate. Uh, ingredient to more of a white chocolate, so that way he could dye it blood red. Because I, I, I wouldn't say that regular chocolate would would dye red. I don't think so. Very well. You can buy like the red melting chocolate, but it must be like I think it's a white chocolate dyed white chocolate, right? I think I think it has to be. Well, whatever. However, you get red chocolate, you did it. We can say that. So it it, it constitutes meeting the, uh, the yeah the whatever yeah yeah cool awesome all right so so that's what we got so we have. Our first meal with the secret ingredient of beef. I made my fingertip to, uh, taquitos. You made your... Uh, Bengal tiger brain. Bengal, the Bengal tiger brains. And then for the secret ingredient of the chocolate, I did the white chocolate cupcakes designed to look like faces where the judges can uh, participate in the cutting themselves and the, the red white chocolate blood comes out of it. And then you had your... Chocolate... Chocolate paired um, fruit and cheeses uh, with wine are artistically arranged to resemble a face. Fancy. I think they both fit their characters' personalities and and goals very well. What they're what they're set out for. So I kind of teased this early on regarding the historical uh, facts regarding uh, Sweeney Todd, if there are any at all. Uh, so there are. Uh, a lot of urban legends that claim that Sweeney Todd was based on a real person. Uh, Charles Dickens wrote some stories about a guy named Sam Weller uh, that was a pie man, and he used cats uh, for beefsteak, veal, and kidneys, uh, and he put them also into pies. And uh, there are some rumors that this was based off of some kind of historical accuracy. However, uh, some other historians have claimed that this was not the case and there was really no person or that there is no evidence to prove that there was such a person. So it all basically comes back to whether somebody believes the the myth or not. Um, So they say that that is what has inspired uh, the story of Sweeney Todd to come into these uh, short stories uh, in like the Penny Dreadfuls uh, during the 1840s in in England, but that's that's pretty much my only um, fun fact. Also, like I kind of mentioned, they did make a movie directed by Tim Burton, star Johnny Depp and Helen Bonham Carter, and it was actually very very well received. Uh, it was the musical, so it was based on the play. I remember seeing it a couple of years ago, and I actually really, really enjoyed it too. Um, and Johnny Depp, I believe he won a Golden Globe for it, uh, and I think he was also nominated. He might actually—I don't know if he was nominated for Best Actor, but he did win a Golden Globe for his performance, and it was very well received uh, for the most part. And um, if you haven't seen it, I would—I would recommend checking it out. I, I thought it was good. 
Um, but that's that's pretty much it for for Sweeney Todd. Do you have anything you wanted I, to I add? I have one fun fact I I came across that I wanted to share. Sure. So, Anthony Hopkins won an Academy Award for his performance uh, for Best Actor in a Leading Role in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Okay. He was he was only in the film for 24 minutes and 52 seconds. Wow, that's really interesting. So that is the second shortest amount of time to ever be in a film and win the Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Do you have the first one? It's David Niven in Separate Tables in 1958 mm. who was in it for 23 minutes and 39 seconds. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. No, no, yeah. That's pretty. That's a that's an interesting fact. That is to be to be, in some ways a like, minor quote you know air quotes character. And you said that was for best actor, uh, or best supporting actor, best actor in a leading role. So I'm curious what the difference between best actor, best supporting actor is in that regard. Is it time on screen? Is it billing? I, I'd be curious. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm not sure. Huh. That is very interesting. I did know that he won for that. It'd be interesting to see if anyone else in the future goes back to portray that role on the big screen, since Hannibal's kind of returned it to the small screen. But uh, as far as like your recommendation for Sweeney Todd, also highly recommend Silence of the Lambs. Very, uh, really good film in some ways, like potentially like one of the best thriller movies ever. This is a great film. Definitely worth I watching. I really do need to sit down and, and watch it. I've heard nothing but good things. And I feel like... In a way, I kind of know what it's about, but I, at the same time, I really don't yep. know what it's about. And that's that's why I feel like I need to see it now before anything else gets you know, spoiled or, or, or whatnot. I told you a lot of spoilers. That's okay. I'll see if I remember it when I'm watching <laughs> okay. it. Okay. I might, I might, you know, whatever. Um, awesome. Cool. So we hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode with Sweeney Todd going up against Hannibal Lecter in a Halloween food competition um thank you very much to emily dewey for suggesting that episode we really really appreciate it thank you to everybody who suggested episodes for the month of october uh, for our halloween themed episodes uh, this episode is dropping the week before halloween so we won't have a new episode till after the holiday so we hope that everybody has fun stay safe uh you know practice social distancing mask wearing the best that you can with everything going on in the world um, we hope that you're able to celebrate Halloween uh, wherever uh, you are living. Do you, do you do you know what you're doing on Halloween? You guys giving out candy, Chris? Or... Uh, I think we'll do something with a candy setup and uh, probably take Lucy to a few houses, some family, friends, maybe family and friends to get some trick or treating. If you guys want to stop here, feel free. I think we'll, we will. We'll have we'll have some uh, some candy ready for you guys. I think we're gonna give out candy. Same thing though. I think we are gonna wear masks, and I think we're gonna be the ones to give out the candy like we won't let them put all their hands in just to kind of that, that makes sense yeah it'd be a little safer this year um so, so that's where we're going for there also thank you very much again to podbean for having us uh, featured this week for our our show we really appreciate that and any new listeners hopefully you have uh, enjoyed listening to our show and uh, please if you have not done so look back in the archives at any old episodes that we've done and see if there's any other ones that you would like to listen to also um, so with every episode there's going to be a poll where you can vote for who you think would win this poll is located in the show notes or you can also go to whowouldwincast.com slash vote you can vote for not only this episode but for every other episode that we have ever done it's there for you to have your voice heard and we appreciate hearing what you have to say Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our website, whowincast.com. Subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Wincast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.